welcome to Why a Book, the podcast where we review YA books. And hopefully the audio is better. <laughs> yes. I'm Mary. And I'm Renee. And we have a cat trying to cause mischief. Yeah, he's being peaceful for now, but who knows what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. I read a book this week, because <laughs> that's how it works. It, that is the format of the show. And I kept teasing this as like... A, the perfect crossover with My Hero Academia, and to be fair, I have never read nor watched My Hero Academia. Yeah, you kept saying that, like, <laughs> so every like, time this came, it was like, My Hero Academia fanfic, My Hero Academia, like, what? It was a very bold statement for me to make, but to be fair, I have been trapped on Hawk's Simp TikTok for a while, and this is about bird people. Specifically, looks like humans have wings, bird people. Uh. So I was really convinced that Hawks was going to fit into this story, but I don't think he does. Maybe um, Mary will fill us in, because Mary actually hosts a My Hero Academia yeah, I'm on podcast. Another, I'm cheating on this podcast with another podcast. Yeah, so check out Oh Hero, My Hero. That's how I know anything about My Hero Academia. <laughs> We're big on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Which is, which is really not a, a big statement. Well, on that note, <laughs> this is the longest it's probably taken us to get to the name of the book. It is Maximum Ride, The Angel Exper- Ex- Experience. Experience? <laughs> My mind blanked in the middle of it. Wow. Take three. Max- Start over. Cut the cameras. <laughs> Episode's done. <laughs> Series over. Thanks for coming to the podcast, guys. It's been it's been a fun ride. Nick Cage got us. Anyway, the book is called Maximum Ride: The Angel Experiment, Book One in the Maximum Ride series. Note: If you go to the library webpage and you type in Maximum Ride and check out the first book listed, it'll be the graphic novel, um, and not the real book. Hmm made that mistake, but I got the right copy. All right, description time. My brain is moving at like two miles an hour today, if you can't tell. It's a Monday and I worked since like 7.30 a.m. All right, do not put this book down. I'm dead serious. Your life could depend on it. I'm risking everything by telling you, but you need to know. Signed, Max. Her full name is Maximum Ride. And the girl can fly. Her real name is Maximum. We'll get to that. It gets worse. That's the least (laughs) insane character name in this book. Max's mission, protect the rest of her gang. Fang, Iggy, Nudge, the Gas Man, and Angel. These sound like Warrior Cat's names. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a large crossover probably between Warrior Cat fans. I bet there's Warrior Cat's RP in this. (laughs) That's like saying there's porn of something. It exists. (laughs) Um, Max's missions. Oh, I already read the first one. Second one. Rescue Angel from a crew of whack job kidnappers. Three. Infiltrate a secret facility to track down her friend's missing parents. Four. Get revenge on the one person she thought she could trust. Five, discover the best chocolate chip cookie in New York City. Six, save the whole world for crying out loud. Not necessarily in that order, of course. 
prepare for launch, these pages fly. Do you think that she really likes Levain or like, is she more like a smackery? Um, she only tries one chocolate chip cookie in the city that I know noticed in this book and it didn't specify where it was from. Um, just, yeah, they weren't as, they, they weren't as good as she was hoping. Mm, that's how I felt about Levain. I'm not a walnut. Me either. Fan. Yeah. I don't want, it just, it throws the whole thing off. If you like walnuts in your cookies, delete us. Get out. <laughs> Leave the podcast. You know. <laughs> Do you think Nick Cage likes walnuts in his cookies? Imagine he's allergic. <laughs> I don't know why I was like, <laughs> I'm going to do a live reading. Maximum ride. Let's go. Where are my notes? This is such a disaster. We say that every week. All right. So it starts off and Max is addressing the reader. She's congratulating you for still being alive. Congratulations. <laughs> no. Oh, no. If that doesn't trigger you, <laughs> yeah. you live a peaceful yeah, life. you have a better life than we do. <laughs> yep. Uh, so she congratulates the reader for still being alive, mentions that she herself is 14. She explains that she and her five siblings, Fang, Iggy, Nudge, the Gas Man, and Angel, are 98% human, 2% bird. Oh, this is where I will jump in and say, well, it may not fit in the My Hero Academia world, um, there's a lot of Full Metal Alchemist stuff in here, specifically a certain, a certain, a certain Shao Tucker would love this book. I have to say, so there's like a popular AU I see a lot, no matter the fandom, but I see most frequently in Haikyuu, just because that's where I There are Haikyuu crossovers with this well, series. Well, just the concept of a wing fic, I don't know if you've encountered I've, this. yes. That's what this whole thing is reading to me as. And I don't mm-hmm. know the appeal, <laughs> I don't know why people do this, but it's a popular tag. Yeah, it is. People seek out, everything's the same, except they have wings, and it's very dramatic every time. Yeah, I realized I forgot to introduce the author. <laughs> I feel like he needs no introduction. <laughs> Did you see the name? Oh, I've known who wrote oh, this yeah, yeah. the whole time. It is one Mr. The James Patterson, notorious user of Ghost Riders. Yeah. He's, has he ever re- has he ever written a book himself? Chime in in the comments. Who knows? He's did we written, just make him an did he just become our enemy too? He hears this. He's like, He does you. not care about no, us. He doesn't. <laughs> he's sitting on fat stacks. Oh, uh, to be a ghost writer for James Patterson. Anyway, so that's your ghostwriter for the Warrior Cats books. I'm good. <laughs> Recently found out that was a thing. Yeah, well, anyway, so these people are, these kids, they're 98% human, 2% mm-hmm. bird. They grew up in a lab slash prison called the school. And at the school, there were also these wolf-human hybrids that are the bad guys, total predators, and not in, like, the the, the sexual predator yes, way. Yes, I understood, given, like, but birds wolves. and wolves. Yeah. yeah. So they're natural enemies. The the wolf human hybrids are described as basically absolutely insane and violent. And Max says that you should read this book because it could be you or your kids one day in this situation. I highly doubt that. Yeah, I do too. Especially when she gets into like the description of how you become one of these bird hybrid people. Um, spoilers: it happens when you're in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, now we we that's the, the the prologue. Now we cut to Max running through the woods in a nightgown, being chased by erasers, which are the wolf 
people's names. Why are they called erasers? Because they are out to erase the kids by killing them, I guess. That doesn't make any it sense. It makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense. No. You know what else doesn't make sense? Is that every use of the word dumpster in this book is a capital D. Oh, that's a thing. Because, is it a tri- brand name? Um. Yeah, that's like, oh. that's a real thing. I... I don't like that. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a generic trademark. Well, it doesn't need to be capitalized now if it's generic. Well, it... <laughs> I don't know if that's true it, or not. Yeah, I don't know. But yes, Dumpster is a brand name. Uh, okay. I mean, that's what I assumed it was, but it still pissed me off. Anyway, where was I? So she's running through the woods being in a nightgown, being chased by erasers, which are wolf people. And she gets to a cliff and she's like, oh no, dead end cliff. But then she jumps and she has wings that sprout out and she flies. I'll spread my wings and I'll learn how to fly. I'll do what it takes to touch the sky. Our cat doesn't like singing. He hates all music. He hates all music. Anyway... She wakes up. It was a dream. (laughs) She's safe in a home that is shaped like a capital E. She specifies the shape of the home as a capital E. That sounds like a home I've built in The Sims. It has nothing to do with the plot at any point. You just need to know. Like, is it flat? Is the E laying flat or is it a vertical E? No, it's like it has like a middle wing and a middle. Yeah, Yeah, it's not like a... It's not standing up with like three or I guess two parts. It's not like a weird skyscraper innovation. It's very structurally unsound. (laughs) Yeah. She lives there with her five siblings. There are no adults. They used to have this man named Jeb taking care of them. Jeb Bush. <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> His last name actually starts with a B, but it's not Bush. Um, but he disappeared two years ago, and Max and probably all the kids haven't said it, but they assume he's dead. Uh, Max is the oldest, so she's in charge, and the youngest is six years old, and that's Angel. Um, they teach themselves by using the internet. This book came out in, like, 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes to the kitchen for, like, to start figuring out breakfast, and the gas man shows up. Uh, he's called that because ever since he was a baby, he farted a lot, and he still does. He's eight years old. Okay. (laughs) And he's Angel's biological brother. They're the only two that are biologically related. Ah. Iggy shows up. He's blind. Okay. Um... And before I started reading this book, I was, like, trying to remember the characters. And I was like, oh, there's Iggy. And I was like, I feel like I feel like he has, like, an accident at some point. And he, like, loses his eyesight. And I was like, no, that's Ignis from Final Fantasy. That's the wrong Iggy. And then I started reading this, and blind Iggy shows up. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm still not over it. That was crazy. Anyway, Iggy, I, he's somewhere... Between, I thought, almost he's like 12 or 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's also like snarky, and I was obsessed with him when I was in middle school and read this. Uh, Fang shows up just like sneaking behind Max, and like suddenly she just feels a breath on her neck, and she's just like, Shut the fuck up, what are you doing? Fang sounds like a name for a wolf person. Well, he's a, he's um he would be an e boy if this book came out now, but he was like angsty emo. He'd boy. be like the guy in the anime where they have the, just the one sharp tooth. No. Hmm. That's not him. That's not an e-boy. I I would disagree. <laughs> well, 
he, I mean, he, he's like angsty. He definitely has like the swoopy emo boy hair, like mm-hmm. 2007 emo mm-hmm. scene, not scene kids, but like emo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so he's only four months younger than Max, um, and the two of them tend to bicker. Uh, Max is hopeless in the kitchen, and Iggy's like, I'll cook breakfast. Again, it's Ignis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's cooking. And Max says, if I were more of a fembot, I would care that a boy is cooking instead of me. Why was this such a trope? And you can't even say that it's, like, male writing, because the same shit was happening in, like, TTYL and books yeah. by women writers as well. Because society was toxic. It is still, but... I still think about, like... Ugh, the word boyfriend is so, like... What was even the term? I don't remember. It was, like, something so outdated. Neoclassical. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. uh, So Max goes to wake Nudge uh, and Angel up. Nudge is an 11-year-old chatty Kathy. Like, once she opens her mouth, you will never get her to shut it. Mm -hmm. Um, Angel... Can read vines. Okay. <laughs> yep. And Max has essentially raised her since Angel was a baby because I mean, Angel's six now. They escaped. Um, you find out that like they they escaped the school four years ago, mm-hmm. and even at the school, Max was like helping raise her. Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also then find out that the gas man can perfectly mimic voices. Mm. And he does this to prank Max and others. So, like, when Max isn't paying attention, he'll, like, make fun of her and one of the other kids' voices. And so she'll just start yelling at them. And they, like, are like, what the fuck is going on? Well, that's a bird thing. Yeah. This never comes up again in this book. I'm sure it comes up later in the series, but this is never mentioned again in the book. Oh. Yeah. So they're talking about what they should do. They want to go, you know, strawberry picking nearby when suddenly erasers show up and attack and they kidnap Angel and they beat up the other kids. But the other kids are like, we got to rescue Angel. And they come up with a plan. Um, And then they realize that one of the erasers that's kidnapping Angel is Jeb's seven-year-old son, Ari. But because he's an eraser, he looks like he's like a 20-something model because the the genetics change like cause him to grow okay. quickly, yeah. yeah. But they managed to realize that it's Ari, who they all thought assumed was dead, um, because Ari like wasn't taken when Jeb brought the kids to safety. Like he straight up kind of like a like left his kid behind. Oh, yeah. So they last saw Ari when he was three years old, and now mm-hmm. he should be seven, but he looks like he's like a, a, a I don't know if it's a teen or twenty something, but he looks a lot older. Yeah. And he has a horrible attitude and pretty much wants to murder them all. Well, he is a seven-year-old in a... Well, he even body. mentally... Okay, because that's gross. how it works. Yeah, because even, like, like all the ki- all the bird kids are also, like, more mature and, like, taller for their age and all that. Yeah. Anyway, so Ari and the Erasers leave with Angel, but the, the bird kids, otherwise known as the flock, mm-hmm. are not far behind. And surprise, they can actually fly. They, they write it in this book as if it's a surprise reveal that they actually have wings and can fly. When it's literally about bird people. When it tells you, like, I guess maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe it didn't tell you. I guess it doesn't tell you in the book description, but, like, that's, like, the main, when people say what's maximum right about, it's bird kids. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so then Max explains they were raised in a lab and Jeb was one of the scientists, but he felt bad and kidnapped them from the lab four years ago so they could have a a life outside of cages. Mm -hmm. 
And then in the attempt to get Angel back, Ari tells Max that he's actually, you know, the one of the good guys. And they managed to escape with Angel. So they're all upset. They're like, we lost... We lost Angel, especially the gas man. Like, he, he's like, that is my actual sister. And mm-hmm. he, <laughs> Nudge said that if they were going to kill her, they already would have. So they all realized they must be taking her back to the school, which might be worse than death. So they were just trying to get specifically Angel? They aren't sure, but it seems like they... They were. Okay. So Max and Fang start planning the rescue mission, and Iggy isn't too sure about the whole thing. And Max goes, this isn't a democracy, it's a Maxocracy. That's such a teenager thing to say. Mm -hmm. Like a preteen thing to say. Yeah. And they have Jeb's files on the school. So they're, like, using that to figure out where to go. They figure out, they know the school's in somewhere in Death Valley, California. And Max decides that she, Nudge, and Fang will go after Angel because Iggy is blind and Gasman is only eight years old. And even though he's, like, more mature and stuff for his age, they're like, no, you're still too young. So excluding breaks, it would take seven hours for them to fly to California from wherever they are or in the mountains somewhere. <laughs> and Nudge is like, hey... In the the file we were looking at that was Jeb's, I saw my name and, like, information about people that live near the Arizona-California border. I was thinking, maybe they're my family. Can I go find them? And Max is like, we have to just get Angel. Like, no, we're not. What? That's stupid. And then Max is like, I should have realized I would come back to, to bite us in the butt. <laughs> and so they also come up with a plan that if they get separated in the journey at any point, they're going to meet at Lake Mead. I've never heard of it before. Didn't look up, but that's where they're meeting. Mm -hmm. So Angel wakes up in a cage at the lab. And next to her in cages are two Chimera children. Uh, One is a mistake and the other, it kind of makes me think of like Jujutsu Kaisen, the the people in the movie theater. Like, I, basically, anything. It, it, it feels. It has a Maito, like. <laughs> bad energy. Bad energy, like what they look like. So that's what one of them looks like. And then the other one is like a kind of scaly fish looking thing. And uh, I just. I mean, they don't use the word chimera, but that's what they are. And I just mm-hmm. keep thinking of the FMA bloopers. <laughs> Chimeras, huh? Fucking sweet. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's. That's all you get from Angel. As I was telling Mary when I was reading this, some of the chapters are literally just, like, one page long. Sometimes they're, like, two paragraphs. You showed me one that was, like... Mary... And Mary's like, you're on chapter, like, 118? There are, like, 135-ish chapters in a 400-page book. It wasn't Four, a full 420. page. It was a whole chapter. Yeah. It was a paragraph, yeah. Like, why? How did you, that pass the editing phase? Because it's James Patterson. At this point, people were like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So cut to Gasman and Iggy, and they're mad at being left behind, so they decided to go full home alone and booby-trap the place in case of erasers coming back. They're like, yeah, they left us here, but the erasers know where this place is. They could come back. And Iggy uh, reveals a love for making bombs. <laughs> this is the character I loved. I just... He's made them before? Yes. <laughs> okay. We got to Angel again, and she is being subjected to all these science experiments, and, like, she's being just called an it, like, totally not being treated as a human, and that mistake-looking chimera is gone, so she's like, well, he died or they killed him. Then we cut to Max, who wakes up. So Max, Fang, and Nudge, they were tired, like, partway into their trip, so they found, like, these abandoned vacation homes, so they 
so decided to go there and see if they could grab some food and take a quick break. They end up falling asleep for the entire night. Mm-hmm. So Max wakes up in a panic. They're already hours behind in their in their mission to rescue Angel. And she references having a secret plan that would involve everyone except her escaping. And she's going to whip out that plan if needed. Oh, we love a self-sacrificial plan. Spoiler alert, this plan Doesn't work. never divulged. Oh. Never brought up again. Oh, she just never has to use it. So we're just, we just need to know that she's willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yep. So they, you know, are like in a panic, like we gotta go, we gotta start flying. And despite her panic about being set back in this rescue mission and the thinking that they need to just focus on Angel, while they're flying, Max sees this girl being bullied by a bunch of boys and she decides she has to go and stop it. Mm-hmm. So she tells Max and Nudge to keep flying and she'll catch up with them or they'll meet at Lake Mead. And we cut back to Iggy and Gasman making explosives. <laughs> with what materials? Um, they like destroyed a computer, how they like found a bunch of stuff. Okay. So Max helps this girl, but the guys who are bullying her have guns, and so she's like the girl gets away, but they're chasing after Max and she can't fly because it'll reveal her secret. Mm-hmm. So she runs into the woods and she gets shot, but they don't find her. She manages to escape them. Well, that's good. Yeah, so she's just shot in the woods. Anyway, we cut to Nudge and Fang, and they make it to the lake, and they're waiting for Max, and there are ferruginous ferruginous hawks. F-E-R-R-U-G-I-N-O-U-S. Ferruginous hawks. All you need to know is that they are a very large bird of prey. Okay. Um, and they start, the, the, they, like, take out their wings, and they're, like, trying to, like, blend in with the birds, and the birds just let them chill with them. Nice. Yeah. Uh, night falls, and there's still no sign of Max, and Nudge is very upset. She's probably fine. Yeah. Well, actually, what Nudge, if I read the rest of my sentence, Nudge isn't upset. Well, she's partially upset that Max isn't there, but she sees the mama bird, like, feeding and being with the baby birds, and she's upset because she wants to go find her real mom. Uh. So Max is shot, and she manages to find the home of the girl she saved. Her name's Ella. And she, like, sneaks up behind her and is like, hey. And we cut to Angel. This is the choppiest narrative ever. Yeah, no, this is not it's fun. It's not fun. To can- no, it's horrible. Sorry, listeners. So Angel is still in the lab. Um, the nice, There's a nicer scientist this time, but still not good. Cut to Gasman and Iggy. We get two pages describing them still making a bomb. Cut to Max. Ella sees that, you know, she's shot and stuff, and she calls to her mom for help. Cut to Iggy and Gasman. They finish their booby trapping, which includes a bomb, and they also got, like, a tarp with a bunch of oil set on the strip, the road. Sorry, quick question. Yeah. How big are their wings? So they, like, can unfurl them? Are they, they're, like, they're like animorphs. <laughs> yeah, like, how is she Because the wolf to- people, they can, like, they look normal until they, like, transform. They, like, activate and, it? Yeah. So, like, they, like, um, we get to it where it's not, they can't totally, like, disappear their wings, but they can, like, keep them small, like, f- f- curled up, essentially, and, like, okay. folded in. So, like, you don't, unless you see them, like, without their shirt uh-huh. or, like, they look uh-huh. up close. I don't know how it works with the clothes. They must have special, this, this goes back to the whole, <laughs> your whole My Hero Academia, like... <laughs> The logistics of uniforms and costumes. I don't know how these kids manage their wings in these normal street clothes. Yeah, I was like, I mean, if you're 
have wings large enough t- to lift a human. They're going to be pretty big. Yeah. And they like, don't really just... Dis- they can fold up, but, like... Not... Wings are made of bones, not rubber. Like, you can't just roll them up. <laughs> yeah. They don't really go into those kind of details. Um, James Patterson? I'm going to tweet at him. <laughs> Do it. I need yeah. answers. So what did... Hawk's wings, are they just always out and about? No, so Hawks is... Oh, because he, like, loses the Yeah, so he can, he can use his feathers as, like, weapons, and he can, like, shoot them. And so, like, he can lose all the feathers on his wings, but he can grow them back. Okay. And they're not, like, really big. They, like... Oh, cosplayers make them look huge. I mean, they're, like, big, yeah. but they're not, like, humongous. Like, I've seen bigger wings on, like, a humanoid character. Uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. they can go down to p- pretty small. Ugh, I've seen too many s- s- your name self-insert uh, TikTok video things of Hawks. I went to a con with two diehard Hawks cosplayers. Were they, like, at least really good cosplays? <laughs> they were decent. They were really nice people. Oh, God. Well, I recently followed this new... This- like new cosplayer I found that does ukai, but they also do hawks mm. because they're you know similar. <laughs> the hair and all hawks that. and Kuro have the same voice actor. Nice, but because I follow this person because of ukai, now I'm still stuck on hawk simp TikTok. I was on there very briefly, but I'm off now. I was off for a bit, but they're back. I was deeply on Dobby TikTok. Oh my god, I was on... There was, like, one of them was, like, Dobby Reader Hawks. I was like, this is not what I want. I don't... Because Dobby Hawks is, like, a huge... Yeah, but I was like, I don't need their thruple action here. (laughs) This would be horrible energy. (laughs) If you're in that, if you're in that bird man, what do you mean, Mary? You don't want to be, you don't want to be in a poly relationship with a bird man frat boy with trauma and a hot topic employee with trauma, a hot topic mass murderer with trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Although I guess my hair academia spoilers, we're gonna add Hawks killed the guy. What? Oh, I gotta respect him. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was a villain, so. Oh, it so. It in cold blood, like, like, dog. All right, where was I? <laughs> Cut to Max and Ella. Oh, no, Iggy, and they finished making the book. So we find out that Ella's mom is a vet. Uh, and Max is like, oh, no, no need to call my parents. No need to get the cops involved. She's a vet. That's convenient. Yeah, it is. Um, she reminds me of the vet from Team Wolf. She's like, my mom's a vet. She's like, great, I'm 2% perfect. <laughs> Well, Ella's mom immediately sees her wing when she's looking at the injury. And she's like, what's that? And she's like, my wings. And like, great for her mom. She's very cool and collected about this situation. And she's like, very sweet. Um, And doesn't want to like cause like a whole thing in the moment. And then we cut and the racers are driving back to the house where Iggy and Gasman are, but they're driving really fast. So when they hit that like tarp that they covered in oil, they skid and crash into a tree. Oh, love that. They went full home alone. Uh, Iggy and Gasman then go to this abandoned cabin nearby um, to start planning, but a racer show up. And we cut to Nudge and Fang, capital D, dumpster diving. And then they decide to go back looking for Max. I'm so confused about this eraser dynamic. They were created in the same lab, but, like, one of them is meant to kill the other one. Like, I just don't understand. Well, I think it's mostly because the these are escapees, the bird kids. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 
Plus, there's also just the natural predator-prey dynamic that came out through their, like, genetics. Yeah, I'm just wondering how this lab is being run. Poorly. By Xiao Tucker. Like, you would think, like, they wouldn't... It's, Ch- it's Xiao, right? Xiao? Xiao. Xiao? 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 Xiao Tucker. Xiao Tucker. Xiao yeah. Tucker. Yeah, it's spelled Xiao. Xiao. But, like, are they being sent by the school to... Yes. We don't know that yet, but yes. But, like, it seems like they're very murderous in what... And they have direct orders not to murder the kids, and they will constantly almost murder the kids. That's what I mean. They don't seem reliable. They are the only things that could capture the kids because normal humans can't. Why? Because the kids can fly and they're very strong. You know what humans do all the time? Guns. The erasers use guns sometimes. But humans capture flying things all the time. Yeah, not these humans. Like what? I don't know. Um, have you ever heard of a tranquilizer dart? Like what? Apparently not. They have created human-animal hybrids. It's like they don't know what fire is. Nope. And then... <laughs> We cut to Max in this choppy narrative. Once the, it, like, it's not too much longer before the, the kids are reunited, and so the narrative is. So we don't have 57 POVs. It's so bad. So Max wakes up, and Ella and her mom offer her breakfast, and they have this really nice family moment that she's never experienced before. Gasman and Iggy blow up the cabin with Iggy's bomb, and it's huge. He called it Big Boy. And they escape, presumably murdering the erasers. Nice. This is not the first, I mean, this is not the last time murder will occur in this story. Angel is forced to run mazes. She's just flowers for Algernon in there. <laughs> um, Fifth grade flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Everyone is stunned by men- by her mental and physical abilities, and from reading all of their minds, they, like, want the same, they're thinking things like, I can't wait to dissect her brain, and, like, look at her- all of her body, and th- she's very scared. But then a new voice joins the conversation out loud, not thinking, and says that they can't dissect her yet, and it's Jeb! Who appears to be working at the lab. Wow. Yeah, wow. He is the um, show tucker of this series. I really didn't see that one coming. Oh, yeah. So Fang and Nudge, we're cutting to them again. They're flying. Nudge is really worried that something's wrong with Max. And she sees a sign for directions to that town that was listed in her file. And because she's so distraught, she decides to run away and look for her parents. Iggy and Gasman are trying to decide what to do next because they know more racers will be coming to the house, and especially since they just blew up a couple of them. And Iggy comes up with a plan, but we don't know what it is. Or Gasman might. I don't specify who. One of them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And um, they're also worried that Max and company may try to return home and fall into, like, an eraser's trap. Gasman has an idea I wrote down. So, cut to Max. She's having the most normal day ever, breakfast, with real silverware. Ella goes to school. Her mom, we now know, is named Dr. Martinez, starts gently questioning Max about her weird life. (laughs) So, like, your wings are like, did you always have them? Pretty much. Uh, Max reveals her name is Maximum Maximum Ride, and she picked the last name for herself because of Sally Ride, the astronaut. And she explains some of the genetic differences. She has lighter bones, different sized lungs, etc. Um, and she claims not to know how it happened because she doesn't want to talk about the trauma. 
And then Dr. Martinez is like, we should get an x-ray on your injury to make sure it's not worse than we think. So she brings her to the vet clinic. <laughs> but first, Max is like, do you have x-ray vision? And she's like, no, I have a machine. <laughs> she's getting, I'm assuming the bullet is not inside her if they're doing an x-ray. No, she, it like grazed her. Oh, okay. They decided, they realized um, but the x-ray showed that there's some muscle damage. But more importantly, Max has a micro trip in her <laughs> that clearly was put in when she was a child based on, like, where it is and the... Mm-hmm. The government really is tracking us. I did tell you that we were getting into coronavirus um, vaccine stuff. <laughs> Not conspiracies, Mary. I saw, I saw, like, I like when people come up with counter conspiracies. Oh, the one that was like, they're taking the chip out of you. No, they're, this one was like, like they're putting toxins that are gonna like kill you off in the vaccine. And then the guy was like, no, like why would they try to kill off people who comply with the government? They're actually giving you a vaccine because they're gonna like put out an even more deadly virus and the people who don't get it are gonna die. Oh, I saw someone that was trying to convince them that the, the vaccine was actually like disabling a microchip yeah. that was already put in you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Max has one of those microchips. And then suspicious men show up to the vet office, so Max hides. And this scene feels straight out of Teen Wolf, because in MTV's Teen Wolf, there's a local vet that always seems to know more about the supernatural stuff um, than an old normal person should. You later find out why, but the first few seasons, it's just, like, a suspicious vet who always is, like, being a total badass. And when, like, the werewolf hunters come looking for werewolves, he's always just, like, gives them a cold shoulder. It's like... Mm -hmm. Need to leave. <laughs> There's the door, bitch. <laughs> um, and so they claim to be with local law enforcement and ask if anything strange has happened. And Dr. Martinez is like, I had a really sick cow recently. And they're like, no, like any strange people? And she's like, no, I'm a vet. Like, I barely see my clients. They just drop their animals off usually. And so they leave. And Dr. Martinez tells the receptionist that if they ever show up again to call the real cops. <laughs> This is like also like that scene in FMA where the military keeps going to the butcher shop to find a zoomie. Oh my god, they're empl- I love and their employees. employees. Like I, they keep coming here. I love that employee. I just love when he's like, maybe next time you come buy something. Yes. <laughs> um, so. I was confused at this point because Max assumes they're erasers, but at this point in the book, she has not explained that the erasers can, like, change their appearance. Oh, so so they're just straight-up shapeshifters? They, like, it's basically werewolf, (laughs) but, like, they don't go full wolf. Okay. Because when they're, you later find out that they generally look, like, just very attractive, like, teens or Uh 20-something-year-olds, but their eraser form it's very wolf-like muscle, like muscles, red, uh, the reddish eyes, large canines, etc. <laughs> Max wants to leave immediately because of this, but Dr. Martinez convinces her to stay for one more night of rest because of her injury. Mm-hmm. And Fang was like, I can't let Nudge just fly off. So she follows her to a trailer park in Arizona, and there's a woman who might be her mom having a soda and cigarette for breakfast. So, like, how does she know that her family is nearby? Like, how did she... In the file, she saw an address and a name of a woman. Oh. Yeah. Got it. Erasers show up at the trailer park, and this is when we establish that they show up, they look like very attractive male models, and then they transform into these, like, wolf-like people. Mm -hmm. Ari is one of the erasers there, and this is when they explain that the genetic transformation mentally and physically changes and ages people. Mm-hmm. He tells Fang and Nudge that they're the only ones left alive. Everyone else is dead. The house was blown up. 
And Fang and Nudge attack. And my favorite part is where Fang grabs Nudge by the legs and just starts swinging her around as a weapon. (laughs) And then Nudge attacks the racers with green spray paint. Like, just going crazy, spray painting them. Mm -hmm. Ari beats Fang up really badly and almost shoots Nudge, but they manage to get away. And Nudge says, can we go home? And Fang's like, but they set the fire, destroy the place. She goes, no. The birds, they're our home now. Okay. And we cut to Angel, and she's excited and then hesitant about Jeb because he seems like he's on the bad guy's side. It's a little oh, hunch. Well, you know, a little she, hunch she, she has. Six. With the mind of, like, <laughs> a genius. But she also has very childlike tendencies that will get her in trouble. Yeah, that's a very childlike... Oh, it's my friend, but he seems evil, but he's my mm-hmm. friend. And, but Jeb's being really nice and, like, gives her a nice food tea, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, like, you haven't been getting enough food for you lately. Like, I'll make sure you get enough food so you're not hungry and stuff. And she she decides to act like Max does when Max, are fi- Max and Fang are in an argument that Max always wins, which is just very stubborn, won't give in, is acting like she doesn't care about the food. Mm-hmm. And Angel's surprised because she can't read Jeb's thoughts like she used to. And she can read everyone's thoughts. But she's mm-hmm. just getting, like, radio silence from Jeb. And Jeb goes on this monologue about the entirety of life is a test. And one day you're going to understand everything that's led up to the, all of this. And Angel's just like, I hate you. And he looks very sad. And it's like, that's okay. <laughs> oh. Max has homemade chocolate chip cookies for the first time ever, and she's obsessed. She gets high off the fumes of them baking in the oven. And then she's like, sorry, Ella, I have to leave tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And Ella's like, you're like a cousin or sister to me. She's been there for like a day. And like, sure, she kept you from being beat up by some punks. Or a gang. I really think they were a gang. Yeah, I mean, they had guns. <laughs> yeah. Got to Nudge and Fang. They're back with the eagles. The eagles are teaching them cool. Or hawks. <laughs> They're back with the hawks. They're with hawks. Or they or were they eagles? What did I say they were? Hawks. Fer- the Ferugius. Ferugius. Hawks. I kept saying eagles because I was thinking of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Anyway, they're back with the Hawks, not Hawk, <laughs> the character Hawks, a group of Hawks, and um, they're freaking out about their friends being dead. Iggy and Gasman then show up at the lake. They're like, you're not dead? Cut to Max. Uh, she says goodbye to Ella in the dock, and they give her her phone number and tell her to call if she ever needs anything. Goodness, Hawks weigh 3.3 pounds. I, I googled them because I was like, they were acting like these were giant fucking hawks. I was like, they're not. The wingspan or their size is two feet. That's, yeah, they're not that wingspan, big. Wingspan, four feet. Yeah, they were acting like they were just like. I mean, that's a big bird, but like. Not as big as a like. Human A 14 year old boy. That's probably the size of like a 17 year old. Uh-huh. Anyway, Max leaves. Um, and she goes to the lake. They have the touching family reunion. And Iggy and Gasman are like, oh, yeah, we pissed off the erasers by trying to be home alone. So we came here looking for you guys. And then Max reveals that she has a tracker in her, but doesn't tell them about everything else that's gone down. <laughs> and they're confused about why it's been four years without the eraser showing up if they've been able to track them the whole time with the microchip. Um, they travel for a bit, blah, blah, blah. They steal a guy's debit card. and They're going to commit fraud? Yeah. 
They were like, it's okay, he was an asshole. Like, they see him, like, being really mean to someone. Oh, well, it is for children, so if it's okay. Well, they later, this, you get into, like, a moral dilemma later. Hmm. So they, yeah, they say it's okay because he was an asshole. Um, but they need to figure out the pin. And because the guy had, it was one of those things where the guy accidentally left his card in the machine because he was, like, berating someone else. And Iggy heard the keys click. And he's able to get the, he tries once and it doesn't work. He tries a second time. It does work. He didn't try clicking all the buttons. So he didn't, like, what you, because you can delete and, like, you don't have to just type four numbers and hit enter. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't do that. He literally just guessed, used it two tries and gets it without even testing what each of the different keys sound like. Because that's what he's going off of since he's blind. He's going off his, mm-hmm. it just makes no sense. Later, there's an ATM where the passcode is a full-on word with letters. That's not a thing. No. <laughs> Um, they need a car now, and there's a random guy that leaves his van nearby, and they're like, well, this is a random guy. He's not an asshole, as far as we know, but <laughs> Cheetan disagrees. He's like, you could take it. <laughs> That's what they do, Cheetan. And Gaspin goes, well, GTA is popular with kids nowadays. <laughs> I saw it on TV. It's do a game. Do not know how to drive? They managed to hotwire the car somehow. Um, and Max gets ready to drive, and then she's like, wait, none of us know how to drive. And she does a horrible job. She's like, base, it's a miracle she doesn't wreck the car. Uh-huh. Um, it took her, like, five minutes to realize that the parking brake was still on. And she said driving with the parking brake down is like trying to drag a St. Bernard to a bath. I've done that by accident before. Also, the Max. Um, they get more food, stop for directions, blah, 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 blah. They need to be worried. They need to be careful because the erasers could be close. They go to a fast food place and they order tons of food. Fang's order, which Max says is for him and his split personalities. Three double cheeseburgers, a chocolate shake, a soda with caffeine and sugar, three orders of fries, three apple pies. Okay. And then Max, for her and Nudge and maybe others, gets two... Fried chicken sandwiches, two double cheeseburgers, four orders of fries, six apple pies, two vanilla shakes, one strawberry shake, and two triple cheeseburgers, but hold the burger. Because Nudge doesn't want to eat meat because she saw the birds scavenging. Hawks are birds of prey. Mm Mm-hmm. So they kill things to eat. Yeah, and it disturbed her. Oh, okay. Um, and they're sitting down and they're eating and Max notices that the table next to them is full of attractive, thick-haired men with pretty eyes and angelic voices. And they have to escape. So they fast and furious their way straight into a sedan. Oh my gosh. And uh, when they're checking if everyone's okay, Iggy says, I feel like pudding. Pudding with nerve endings. Pudding in pain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And they get captured by Ari and Co, but Iggy and Gaspin manage to escape. Max, Fang, and Nudge are reunited with Angel, and they're, because they're all being kept in cages at the lab. Jeb shows up, and she's shocked. He had been her hero for four years. He lets her out of her cage. <laughs> Mary didn't... Mary, I cued no. Mary up for that one. No, my brain was fast <laughs> enough. Um, so they can walk and talk with each other. Uh, Jeb makes them hot chocolate, and Max is pissed and wants him dead. And then Jeb gives her a whole blah, blah, blah monologue that everything is a test. 
and blah, blah, people will be coming soon to talk to her and that uh, she's special because she was created to save the world. Everything has been destiny leading to her to this point in saving the world. And Jeb wants her to trust him. And she's like, I don't know about that. And so she goes back to her crate and next to them is another another failed chimera. And then Ari comes into the lab with scientists and they talk about how they don't have any need for the kids because Angel was uncooperative. So they assume they'll all be uncooperative. So they start taking their like them out in the cages, like wheeling them outside to where the erasers are trained to hunt. Max manages to buy Ari through the cage and this causes a whole fighting thing and Max's cage tumbles and she manages to break out and she starts freeing them. And this is where I wrote, the eagles are coming, but the hawks are coming. Iggy and Gasman show up with their hawks friends and attack. Okay. <laughs> and so they all escape and Jeb sees them escaping and goes, Max, you need to trust me. The school is the only place you're safe. Everything has been a test up to this point. And they just leave. And they go with to like me and they realize home is where the heart is. Wow. <laughs> End of book. Put that on the pillow. Well, this has been a good episode. <laughs> nope, we're on page five of 11 of notes. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so they were like, we need to find a new home. Let's go east. And so they start flying, and Max suddenly has this migraine, and her, like, wings stop working, and she's tumbling down, but Fang catches her, and she passes out. Um, and this is when they reveal that the erasers, they know, have a very quick development and short lifespan. Um, it's getting better, but back when they were still to school, erasers only lived to, like, age five or seven, and then died, like, naturally because of the genetic mutations. And they, so they don't really know what to expect with their own lifespan and health. Mm -hmm. So Max is freaking out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Angel reveals that she learned more about their past while she was there because of her mind reading. She says that there's some place in New York called the Institute that has more information on them and that they, in fact, were not test tube babies. So Nudge was right. That Mm -hmm. file was about her mom. And and no one, and the reader did not think they were test tube babies, (laughs) but... Surprise! Um, they the school acquired them, like brought them in when they were babies. The bird genes were combined with the humans during amniocentesis, am, amniocentesis tests, which is like those tests they do to see if there's any um, signs that the the kids might have like Down syndrome or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they were. Bird genes were combined when the moms were pregnant. Uh, Angel just heard people thinking about that. I don't know why they were thinking about these monologues. Nudge's parents were told that she died. Iggy's mom died during childbirth. Gasman and Angel's parents uh, were willing participants that just gave up their kids. And Fang's mom was a teenager who was also told that Fang died after he was born. But she didn't hear anything about Max. Uh, and Max is like, Fang is like, hey, Max, it's probably better that you don't know. Like, my mom was probably a crack addict. And Max is, she doesn't say it this way, but essentially what she tells him, at least she didn't get an abortion as a teen mom. James Patterson. <laughs> James. So the next day they get ready to leave. <laughs> or I'm going to just move past that. 
Uh, but Max has more migraine problems, and she sees these fuzzy images of buildings and faces, food, people. None of it makes sense. But she finally feels better, so they head She's to New like York City. Seeing, is she, like, manifesting clairvoyance or something? Uh, I'm not really sure what she's manifesting. <laughs> um, they go to a concert in Central Park, and they're obsessed with New York City street nuts. They're getting those honey roasted peanuts or something, and other New York street food. And they're like, you know, New Yorkers are so weird that we don't stand out. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that is. Uh, but then a racer show up, and this time it's both male and female, which is must be the newest batch, because there's never been female racers before. A woman? <laughs> a woman? <laughs> Blasphemy! Um, so they chase the kids, but they go into the Central Park Zoo, where it's a school kids only day, so the racers can't get in. And uh, Max feels sick looking at the animals in the cages. And it's just like, what if I freed them? And Fang's like, the streets of Manhattan? No. They're safer here in the cages. Yeah. So they go to the New York Public Library to try to research the institution. And there's this moment of jealousy where Max was like charming a library worker to help them. And Fang was like, oh, you're such the charmer. Um, they are the slow burn. Actually, it's not that slow burn. Slowish burn couple of this series. Uh-huh. Yeah, which I mean, they were. Th- there's a lot of moments where she says these are her friends. A lot of moments where she says these are her family. They grew up together in a lab. It's, like, hard to tell if there is a sibling dynamic. Nah. I mean, that's, like, not that weird. Yeah. Like, that's, like, you could say the same thing about, like, Ed and Winry, you know. Yeah. Like, they're family, but, like, they're obviously Yeah, romantic. that's fair. Um, they jump the fare of the subway. <gasps> and more crime? More. What's next? Murder. <laughs> Am I kidding? I'm truly... Well, there what are happened you? to the guys who, like, blew up? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, they hear people talking in the subway tunnels, and they go, and they decide to crash the night with subway people in the tunnels. Become the Rat Kings. That's what they try to do. Um, and Max has migraines and these weird visions in the middle of the night, so she wakes up, and there's this guy that's pretty close to her age who's yelling at, that, like, her and the others for messing with his map. And there's some kind of interference messing with his computer. There's a guy with a computer in the subway. Well, he's... We'll, we'll get to that. He tells Fang, take your girlfriend to the hospital and stop messing with my computer. And Max is like, oh, wait, what? I may be dying, but I'm not his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> And Max sees his screen, and it's this, like, scrambled computer code and then the images that she was seeing. Mm -hmm. And so she's freaked out. And then a message pops up on the screen that's like, welcome to New York, Max. It's been waiting for you. And then in her head, she hears someone say, I've been expecting you. No one else hears this voice. sleeper cell code activated. (laughs) Yeah, she's the winter soldier. And then the name of the full name of the institution pops up on the computer screen. You find out that this teen boy was kicked out of MIT. And they're like, you're too young to have gone to to be like an MIT student. He's like, oh, well, I'm just a genius. I was accepted early, but then I wouldn't take my schizophrenia medication. So they wouldn't let me go to college. (laughs) And then anyway, they go back to sleep (laughs) next morning. She calls 411 for information. James Patterson. That was a thing back in the day. In New York? Probably. New York, it's 311. No. Was it always 311? I think so. Because I looked it up. 
And right now, they're, let's see, 411 New York. Like, there's a 411 website, but, like, I don't know when they ever... Does 411 still exist? 411. If you need directory assistance, you can call 411. Hmm. That's on the 311 page. What the, okay. Anyway, I stand corrected then. I only call 311. I've never once called 311. 411 is for, like... The phone book, essentially, or like uh, that makes sense. Not like I need general information. Okay. Anyway, there's no record of the institution at four one one. And they're walking down Fourteenth Street. There are lots of stores there, and there's an oh, elect- are there? Yeah. There's this like ele- electronic store, and all the screens po- start saying "Good morning, Max" on them, and the voice in her head comes back, and it's just like playing is learning. Have some fun. Get on the Madison Avenue bus. Get off when it looks fun. And what the hell does that mean? And Max doesn't know. And they also, granted, like you're already down at 14th Street, so the logic is the Uptown bus, but there were no direct other than the Madison Avenue bus. And that's also like, yeah, but it's, it's I just love that. It's like get on the Madison Avenue bus. No, you need to tell them get on the the M14 or whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. The Madison, like first of all, Madison Avenue doesn't go all the, like it's not called that down on no. Street. No, but that's the direction she gets. So they get on the bus and um, they get all the way up to 58th Street and the bus stop, bus driver. Who the bus driver does not talk to you. The bus driver goes, "All right, people, this is where the fun is." And this, I thought I, I legitimately thought I had a stroke. Reading the next thing, they are outside AFO Schmidt, the famous toy store. Yeah. I truly thought I had a stroke. I looked at that and I was just like, "This is how you avoid copyright." Yeah. Um, Iggy and Gasman are excited because they're bionicles. <gasps> I only associate bionicles with Lincoln Park. So they're okay saying bionicles, but they're okay saying FAO Schwartz. Well, FAO Schwartz probably would have sued them. Maybe. Angel wants this teddy bear that's dressed as an angel, but it's 50 bucks, and they only took $60 from that ATM because that was the max that there's an. Oh no, I think they took 200 Yeah, they took 200 because that was the max. Um, and then a Luigi board. <laughs> a Luigi board? A Luigi board starts moving on its own and tells Max she needs to save the world. Okay. And then Angel convinces a stranger to buy her that teddy bear, but she does it with her mind. So Max and Fang are freaking out because now Angel can suddenly, like, influence people with her mind. F.A.O. Schwartz teddy bears. That's a sore subject for me. Oh, no. Because my brother had one. Oh. And I, um, I cut it with some scissors when oh. I was, like, four. He's still mad about it. Oh, well, I hope he doesn't <laughs> listen to this podcast. He will. Brent, he'll text me later and be like, when are you buying me a new teddy bear? Oh, my God. Well, um, don't listen to this podcast if you're Mary's brother. I don't know which one, but one of you. Don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had any listeners from Maine, so we're okay. Oh, thank God. He's using a VPN. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Angel names the bear Celeste. Um, And the voice is like, Max, kids deserve toys. Do you want a toy? And then the voice also says, I'm sorry it hurts sometimes. I want to help you. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Max is like, this voice is more annoying than Fang. Um, and she's frustrated that they can't find the institution. And the voice says, it will happen in good time. You need to learn how to relax first. And then they get attacked by erasers. And then Angel starts screaming while people are watching. And they're like, is this a movie filming? And then the eraser just drops dead. And it turns out he was five years old. Because he's, like, tattooed with, like, his batch number. And so they're like, oh, it must be, like, just a natural eraser death. And then Fang's like, wow, this crazy drug addict, huh? And they run away because cops are showing up. <laughs> and then as they leave, Max sees a debit card on the ground with her name on it. And the voice says, if you figure out the pin, you can use it. And Max is freaking out. She's like, how does this voice in my head know where I am and what I'm seeing? And I'm like, Max. There's a voice in your head, step one. <laughs> Question, why is there a voice in your head? Why are you doing everything it tells you to do? Because she said, she's like, it doesn't feel evil. It never does. That's what Ginny no. thought when she picked up the fucking diary. Yeah, like that's... And so Fang's like, well, it must be experiencing whatever you experience. And Gasman goes, even in the bathroom? <laughs> Eight-year-old boy humor there. They sleep in the trees in Central Park, and cops show up. And one of the cops looks like Jeb. Oh, weird. And they manage to escape, but Angel drops Celeste and is very upset. But the cop picks up Celeste, and they're like, we gotta go. And they go to St. Patrick's to hide among the tourists. I, I, It's been a while since normal tourist stuff was active in New York, but I don't remember the hours on St. Pat's. But it's, like, very late at, late at night to the point that they were sleeping in a tree. And there's tons of tourists in St. Pat's. Interesting. Yeah. I guess, you know, the city never sleeps. And Angel decides to pray because she wants to pray for Celeste. And Nudge is like, all right, I'll pray too. Do we, we, do we pray to God? How does this work? Uh, and Nudge... Nudge prays for parents. Angel prays for Celeste. Fang is just sitting in the pew with his eyes closed. Iggy prays that he wants to be able to see. Gasman wants to be big and strong so he can help Max and the others. And Max prays for help for Angel with Celeste. And also for her to become great, strong, smart leader. And she has another migraine and she sees a tall green building and the 31st Street sign. Uh, and then a bunch of random numbers and stuff. And they're all really apprehensive about finding the institution since they don't know what awaits them. And the voice says to Max, you never know until you know. If you hear thumping, it is Jiton's tail hitting the window. He's very excited. Well, we're almost done. So Max tries the ATM with a strange combination of long words and long numbers. She was like, maybe the maybe the pin for it is Max Ride. Maybe it's our birthdays all combined. That's a not pin how is this literally works. only ever four digits. Yeah, and it's numbers. It's so it have made you no ever sense. Seen an ATM, ha- James Patterson? You have that. money. You've definitely used an ATM before. <laughs> Has your ghostwriter? Do you pay your ghostwriters? Well, this was like 2007, so I guess like back then, ATMs, debit cards are not as widely used, but, but they still, still clear no. pins. Like there's not a freaking keyboard. No, it wasn't like texting, like seven seven seven. But even that's just like a number combination at that point. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is like. After a few tries, the machine, like, obviously was like, sorry, call customer service. But they just keep going to different machines and trying this all over again. 
the card would be can't like would be frozen. It mm-hmm. wouldn't just be the machine kicking you out at that point. Maybe not in two thousand seven, but it should have. Aged. Yeah, I can like look past some of the like fraud protection measures. But actually, what's interesting now that I say this out loud is when they were talking about how they needed to guess the pin at for the the debit card they stole. Mm-hmm. They were like. We probably only have two, three chances, and the machine will eat the card. So that's why they were like, we need to get this right. But here, they're just willy-nilly trying tons of things, and not, they're like, no consequences. Was that really ever a thing? No. Okay, I didn't... I don't know, but I doubt it. Well, wait, no. Like, I how, mean, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. So they're trying... Yeah, no, that's a thing. Sorry, I thought they were, like, trying it at a store. No, they're at they different ATMs. they were swiping ATMs. the card, and I'm like, how would that... Um, no, I get it now. So, um, finally, Angel goes, you should try Mother, and that works. And they're like, Angel, how did you guess that? And she goes, it just popped in my mind. And Fang and Max kind of look at each other, and they're like, we need to talk about Angel. <laughs> Something isn't wrong. Something is... is- oh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's too normal. <laughs> anyway, they're like, yeah, something is obviously wrong with Angel. And Max is like, does she have a microchip? Did they do something to her? Or has she always been, like, on this path to weirdness? Uh, they find the building on 31st Street, but it's just an office building with only one tenant. That's obviously not the institution. So they ask the secretary if there's a basement, and she calls security on them. So then they go shopping and go to a bougie dinner on the Upper West Side, and they order just, like, a ridiculous, like, three lasagnas for one kid, stuff like that. This Uh, is a bad waiter. Why? Letting them do that. Oh, he keeps telling them not to, and they're like, no, we need to. So he gets his manager and is like, these unaccompanied minors are ordering, like, for 20 people. Yeah, that's when you call the authorities. Oh, uh, funny you say that. The Well, so the manager gets snippy with Max, and she's like, we can pay. And he's just like, I don't know what's going on. Your kids, you shouldn't be old enough to have, like, you shouldn't be here. Go to, there's, like, diners on Broadway, he says. He's like, you can go eat on Broadway, as if Broadway's cheap. It's like, cut, go, he, like, basically insinuates that this is too classy of an establishment for them. Anyway, Angel starts reading their minds to fuck with them, and she goes to the, Jason's the name of the waiter, and she says, Jason thinks you're a himbo. <laughs> What's a himbo? Angel asks. And I'm like, well, the manager would be so popular nowadays. Wow. He was ahead of his time. He 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 needed to be now for needed to be here now for himbo culture. <laughs> Truly. And the cops show up. Uh, and they escape, but they have to fly and reveal their wings to escape. Ari and the Erasers find them. They have Celeste, and Ari resents his dad for leaving him behind when he took off with the flock. And Ari's like, I don't even know if my dad even cared if I was alive or not, or if he, like, thought I was dead. Like, he just left. Fuck him, and it's all your fault, Max. He's like, he always gave you more attention. You had to, you had to play house- and he's very mad. Um, and then Angel uses her weird powers to command Ari to get Celeste back, and it works, and everyone's so surprised. And everyone's just, birds and wolves are like, what the fuck is this kid? Um, the other racers go to attack, but Ari reminds them of their orders, and like, no matter how much we want to murder these kids, we can't. Uh, and then Ari, get, uh, he must have like a Bluetooth thing in, because he... 
He like goes like puts his like finger to his ear and he's or he's like walkie. I don't know. He's like the director wants to see us. We gotta go. And the flock is like, who's the director? Is it Jeb? Jeb Bush? Please clap. Will <laughs> <laughs> never not be funny. <laughs> it is the best moment of any election campaign. <laughs> so um. Everyone goes to sleep somewhere, and Max stays up worrying about how the erasers keep finding them, and the microchip, and what's happening with Angel. And the voice says, don't worry about things you can't control, like Angel. Focus on yourself. You need to save the world. The next day, they're the, they're the headlines of the paper, and they're like, we gotta get out of the city. And they run into these people that are giving free makeovers. They're like... We'll do crazy makeovers for you, and as long as it's not tattoos, because you're obviously minors, and we can't give you a tattoo without parent permission. (laughs) Thank God they clarified that. Yeah. But they do pierce Iggy's ear, and it sounds like just one ear. Mm -hmm. Um, Which one? (laughs) They don't specify. That's important. In 2007? That was critical. Critical. Um, they get ridiculous makeovers. No one will recognize them now. And then they fly off to Long Island. So they go to this, it's like off season. So no one's at the beach. So they make camp at the beach on Long Island. And the, and the voice tells Max, it's time to learn. And she just hears like foreign languages and shit. And the voice is like, this information is need to know basis. Unclear what's going on. Um, Max goes into town and she gets homemade cookies and she eats them and she starts going like, "Mm, well, the balance of the vanilla with the butter, as if she's like a cookie expert. She's only had cookies twice before. One were cheap store-bought ones in the city and one were the homemade ones that she's obsessed with. But suddenly she's a cookie expert. And Fang's just like, I guess they're fine. And, and Max is like, some people don't appreciate the art of cookies. The art. Yeah. She's very snobby about cookies now. Uh, and Fang's like, hey, maybe we should stop looking for the Institute and just live our lives. And Max is shocked. She's like, how could you say that? How could you suggest we do that? Anyway. What a crazy idea. Like, maybe let's stop trying to, like, further our trauma and just, like, live happy lives. I don't know. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. So Max is now stressing about who she can trust and why the erasers haven't found them yet on the beach. And that she thinks that everything feels like a game. And that stresses her out because both the voice and Jeb have keep saying that this is a game and, like, all that. Um, And then... Angel goes missing underwater while they're swimming. Everyone's searching for her. They think she's drowned. Surprise! She now knows how to breathe underwater. Obviously. Obviously. And all the other kids try, but they're like, is this a bird thing? Can all birds breathe underwater? <laughs> nope. And then Iggy's, like, feeling for, like, gills or something, but there's nothing there that would, like, explain how she can breathe underwater. Mm-hmm. And Max is like, this is weird. And the voice goes, no, it is divine and amazing. Stop. Then you children are a work of art. And then the voice goes, Max, if you could do anything, what would you want to do? Save the world? And Max is like, I'll leave that to the adults. And the voice says, the adults are the ones destroying the world. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, that night, the uh, Ari and the other erasers attack, and there's this very uncomfortable moment where Ari is like, Max, you're like, you're pretty when you're asleep and not talking. And then she's like, fights, and he's like, I like him feisty. And I'm like, this is uncomfortable. It's especially weird because he's, he's seven. seven. That's why it's weird. Yep. And I'm like, I know he looks like an adult, or at least like a young adult, whatever, but he's seven. Ari manages to beat up Fang really badly. And an eraser attacks Max, but Jeb shows up and is like, stop, Ari. Uh, Jeb talks to Max about how she should see that everything is a game. And um, they've done really well so far, except they made a couple mistakes back in the city when they revealed their wings. And that Max is meant to be the best and she's meant to save the world. And she's just mad at him and is like, he's my enemy. And Jeb leaves the erasers, just nullifies the conflict, doesn't try to take the kids, just I leaves. Just, I can't imagine a conflict where the only solution would be a young girl who has wings. <laughs> <laughs> Fang is in, well, the whole flock. He always talks about Max singular, but I, I don't... Regardless, yeah. where it could be five children with wings. <laughs> Fang is in really bad shape, and Max panics and kisses him on the mouth. They fly back to Manhattan, and Fang's doing a little better. They go back to sleep in the subway station. The MIT dropout's there. And he sees how Fang is, like, practically, like, (laughs) dying, falling apart. And he goes, what happened to you, Fang? Ever a man of just great humor says, cut myself shaving. (laughs) (laughs) The kid's computer is freaking out again. He's like, do you have a computer? Do you, what do you have? He starts listing things that might be interfering. He's like, do you have a memory chip? And Max is like, actually, I got one implanted in me. And he freaks out and is like, the NSA is coming and runs away. <laughs> and that's the last you see. Was he Snowden? <laughs> that's the last you see. Of this teenage MIT dropout, well, not dropout, he was expelled with untreated schizophrenia. That night, Max finally figures out what she's been seeing this whole time. Uh, And she manages to lead the kids through the subway system, and they climb into the sewers... And she she says to the voice, am I going to die? And and the voice goes, everyone dies. Yeah, you will. Okay. And that's what Max says. Anyway, they find the door. They manage to get in. There's a second door. They're in the institution. They try to log on to a computer. It looks just like the school. It's another scientific, like, lab thing. They try to log on to a computer, but Max can't figure out the passcode. Nudge touches the computer, and she's like, try this. And they're like, how'd you do that? She goes, well, when I touched the computer, I could see the woman who sits there at work every day. And she touches a chair nearby, and the same thing happens. She has a new power. Makes no sense. None of these powers make sense. Like uh, the bird This is thing, the worst X-Men fanfic yeah, ever. Like the bird thing, I'll give a pass. But like randomly manifesting supernatural powers. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Birds yeah. can birds read minds? Like what? I don't know. <laughs> Cheat on is that why you try to kill them? <laughs> I don't know, I sleep. Oh <laughs> you're so cute. Anyway, so Max just starts printing off a bunch of documents that like are related to the the kids. Gasman pulls back a curtain. Tons of mutant kids in cages. Chimeras everywhere. 
Um, a lot of failed experiments. Some of them have internal organs on the outside. They look like they're barely alive. There's one that was a cat with human eyes and fingers. And then there's another bird girl like them. And Max wants to set them free. Fang doesn't think it's a good idea. Um, and the voice is like, Max, like, you shouldn't listen to Fang. Like, see, he's wrong. Like, he's selfish, blah, 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 blah. And Max is like, no, like, Fang is usually right. And the voice says, it isn't important to be right. It's important to do the right things. So they start unlatching the cages. And this this sentence got to me because of a, a certain former president. Kids don't belong in cages. We'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Um, so they get out into the sewer system and Ari shows up. Max confronts him and is like, okay, I get it. Something bad happened to you because Jeb wasn't there because he was with us. They took you and turned you into some kind of super eraser. Because I guess he's like, the. she can tell he's better than the rest in terms of like form. Or maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they fight and this fight gets very aggressive and Max accidentally snaps his neck. And he, in his dying moments, says, I would never have hurt you like this. And he dies. And she goes into a state of shock and is like, this can't be true. Ari's not dead. I didn't just kill this child that I like. Murder. She's not doing well. Jeb shows up and he is distraught. He has a Mr. Diggory moment. That was my son. My, my son. son. Literally, like he says, like that was my son. But he, it's the same thing. My boy. And I'm like, you know what, Show Tucker? I bet you actually did this to your son. Yeah. So Max says. She's like, Jeb, you're the one that kept saying this is a game. And look, this game has led to your son's death. Mm-hmm. She's like, this is your fault. Mm-hmm. And Jeb says that you wanted answers to the secrets of life. And that's not how it works for anyone. But I'm still your friend. And then as Max and the others are flying off, he yells, you killed your brother. So even more show Tucker he created Max is apparently his daughter. That's wow. yeah. So she's horrified by this statement. Yeah. And but anyway, she catches up with the others. The mutants that they freed left with the bird girl that was at this institution. Um, the bird girl wasn't like she wasn't too keen on merging groups. Okay. Yeah. Except one one of these little chimeras stayed which is a small dog that looks just like a normal dog that Angel is holding on to because she wants to adopt it. And she goes, this is my dog now. His name is Total because that's what was on his cage. And Max is like, no, you can't keep this dog. Like, we don't even know what's wrong with it. It's definitely, like, mutated somehow. And Fang, Max looks at Fang and is like, you're basically the father of this family dynamic. Do something. And Fang, like, gets ready to say no. And... Angel whips out her big, like, angel Bambi eyes, and he's just like, the second that dog does one bad thing, it's out the door. And then Max is like, "Uh, what? And he's like, you know I can't say no to those Bambi eyes. Classic family dynamic. Uh, And then they discover that Total can jump 16 feet in the air. Wow. And then they go to Staten Island. And my note is Staten Island dash TikTok because <laughs> right around the time I was reading this was when I saw this TikTok that was like, how many boroughs are there? And they couldn't remember Staten Island existed. 
Yeah, like there's five boroughs, and I'm like, all right, name, name all the boroughs. <laughs> like Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, the Bronx. What's the fifth? What's the fifth borough? What's the fifth? Um, spoilers. It's Staten Island. Don't go there. Just kidding. I'm sure it's nice. So they start looking through the files that they stole from the Institute. Uh-huh. Um, and they find the addresses and parent information for everyone except Max. So Max is like, does this mean Jeb is my dad? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, mo- and there's other information on the pages, but it was in some kind of scrambled code that needs to be, like, deciphered. Uh, but they all, they put together that they're all from the DMV area. Not the, that, that's not, for those of you who aren't familiar, that, that is not the, Department of Motor Vehicles. That is not the Department of Motor Vehicles. It is, uh, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia mm-hmm. area. So they decide that they should go there, especially because the government's run from D.C. So if they're there, they can try to use the information they have to take down the school. So Max asks the voice a bunch of questions about her past and who the voice is. And the voice, and like if she can trust the voice, is the voice like a friend or foe? And what the voice says is whether someone is a friend or enemy is often how you look at the situation. But no one loves you more than I do. And then the voice is like, but also, I'm the one that does the question asking, and you are just along for the ride. <laughs> he ch- I don't know if it's a key. The voice chuckles. No, the voice, the voice, the voice itself chuckles. Ha 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 ha. Yes, just like that, Mary. <laughs> There's no Mary Annie Pins sentence now. <laughs> Cut the chuckles. <laughs> Cut the chuckles. Okay, we're going we're gonna take it from the top. Ready, Mary? I'll cue you when I need the chuckles. I will do the question asking. And you, Max, you're just along for the ride. Ha 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 ha. For the incredible, indescribable maximum ride. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> um, why did I take my glasses off? I still gotta read. <laughs> Epilogue. Oh, thank God, it's almost over. <laughs> they are flying to DC, and Max thinks about how she needs to do a lot of thinking about Fang, about herself, and she's but the wor- fact that she murdered someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her brother. She's worried about meeting these parents because everyone else is excited, but she's like, I don't think it's gonna go as well as they think it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Also, the nudge thinks she found her mom in Arizona, so she's not gonna be in the DC area. Yeah, but that's not mentioned. I'm just bringing that up. Um, and the voice warns her that knowledge is a terrible burden with and is a two-edged sword. I've never heard someone use two-edged in that expression. That feels like one of those, like, random UK-isms. <laughs> two-edged sword. I'm trying to do a British accent, but I can't now. Okay. And the voice says that she should focus on saving the world and not helping her friends. And she says, my friends are my whole world. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. My t- I, I, I have a bullet point that's takeaways. My take, I have two takeaways from this. Birdman frat boy, which the um, fake fans of My Hero Academia know as Hawks, and Show Tucker. Those are my takeaways. But then I have some My Hero Academia fan fiction. I'll just go over one. It is basically just Hawks and the actual bird child inserted into the beginning of this book. Uh. 
It is called In for the Ride. And, and they say, note, you do not need to know anything about Maximum Ride to read this fic. A decent knowledge of BNHA is probably helpful, though I will try to make it easier to read for people who either aren't caught up or don't watch last read BNHA. They say this and they dive straight, just word for word, Maximum Ride. Nice. Mm-hmm. You don't need to read this book because I'm just going to put the whole book in here. <laughs> I'm just going to put it. And then I kept scrolling and eventually Hawks shows up with that kid that's actually a bird. Oh, um, Tokiyami? Yeah. He only has a bird head. Bird head boy, And yes. he has a bird, like, um... What's his quirk? Other than having a bird head? Well, so it's called Dark Shadow. Okay? What? So he has this creature shadowy thing that lives inside him. How edgy. <laughs> and it's, like, oh, connected to that's him not work. by, like, his navel. So, like... It's complicated. So it has nothing to do with being a bird. He just has a no. bird head. No, the, the dark shadow thing is like, I don't know if it's, he's shaped the way he is because of that. They're similarly shaped, but one is just shadowy and called dark shadow. The thing that lives in him looks like a bird? It's a silhouette. Silhouettes on the sand. So... Yeah, but that like, makes no but sense. But it's like kind of dark because like it, the shadow becomes more powerful when it's dark out, and like he can be overtaken by it. And then there's this one scene where he's like, "Don't come any closer." Like anyway, so that's Tokiyami. I uh, that series makes no sense. Like, I, he has a normal. He's a normal boss. Did I fever dream it, or is there a scene where like Cox is like flying and yes. holding him? Yes, that was real. That was I real. didn't. Yeah. I didn't dream. So that's for season five, and then he he helps Tokiyami learn how to fly himself. Wait, does he have wings? No. So he's able to use... <laughs> he uses the shadows to become wings? So he puts... So the shadow floats, right? Whoa. So he puts the shadow under his cape, because he has a cape. No uh, cape. And uses the cape to propel himself. Oh, my God. How does Hawks manage that? <laughs> By being like, birds should fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, the whole time, Tokiyomi's like, working with this guy is fucking awful. Oh, was that his internship? It was with Hawks? Yeah. And he's like, Hawks doesn't seem like he should be allowed to be a mentor, right? Literally, literally. So Hawks pulls this kid in because he's like, I just figured I'd take the bird-like one. <laughs> and then he's like, so Tokiyomi's like, working for him was a nightmare. But he did teach me this one thing. Oh my god, I can't Because he also did a work study with him. Oh, that was, that's you, different you, than you work the internship. Yes. Oh. Because the work study is after you get a license. So you're able to, like, actually Is that, like, passing the Chunin exam? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, like, with the internship, you're not licensed at all, so you can't really, like, participate. You're just observing. Oh. With the work study, you have, a like, a basically a permit. Oh. So you can participate. So you, that's fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, any takeaways from Maximum Ride other than how awful the narrative is? I'm just so confused. Like, you're supposed to be the one to say, like, why? Uh, so this, this is the first in a trilogy, and then there's a second series. And I cannot tell you, I read the trilogy. I just can't think of a single conflict that the only solution would be this group of bird people. Book two is called School's Out Forever. 
Book three is called Saving the World and Other Extreme Sports. You know, you should have also looked up as, um, there's bird people in Zelda, but specifically the bird people from Wind Waker because they're humanoid. They just have beak faces and then they can manifest wings. My bro, my bro Rivali. Yeah. He would never associate with this group. <laughs> he would never. No, he he wouldn't. But no, I'm thinking of the other Rio people from a different game. Mm. Where some of them, like, well, at least one of them is just like a normal ass girl with a beak. Uh, let's go to fiction. Anyway, I was of. There's four crossover fix. I'm just going to read you the titles. More than just a game. Then is spelled the wrong way. Nice. Teleport trouble. <laughs> Hostages in the basement. No. What happens when I kidnap Link and Fang and lock them in my basement? What? Or proceeding to chat with my friends. <laughs> Read to find out. This is such... This was published in 2009. This is yep. such a 2009 pick. And then the last one is just Legend of Zelda Maximum Ride. Mm-hmm. All of these have reviews, but which one has the most favorites? Uh, teleport trouble. Oh. Okay, well. Yeah. I was obsessed with this series. I don't know why. I really thought these characters were so great back in the day. Oh, there's one where um, Fang and Max get sucked into the game. He's a guy. That was the first fan fiction I wrote was a girl gets sucked into a Legend of Zelda game. I wish I could find it. it wow. So good. It's so funny. I was like the queen of OCs, but if it was anything like clearly blatant self insert, just like you so and so ends up in the game, so and so wakes up in the Naruto world, I wouldn't do it. I was like, no, I am a tasteful OC person. Oh yeah, no. Later, this was when I was like ten. Yeah. But later, I would be like, if there's any OCs, I'm not gonna read it. No, I was really into OCs, just not those kinds. Are you, yeah, I was. No, we're talking, like, yeah. through high school. Yeah, no. No. After after the early years of middle school, I was like, OCs are dumb. I'm only going to read, like, I would only read canon-compliant things. Well, now you love AUs. Or, yeah, now I only, I was going to say, now I only read AUs. Oh well, not God. only, but I do love a good AU. I never, I never thought, that what I thought I would never read Actually, no, that's a lie. I've read a lot of AUs. I've always read AUs. Mm. But I was always very much like, no unhappiness, no angst, no, like, hurt comfort fix. And then I got into Jujutsu Kaisen Phantom, and everything hurts. Yeah. (laughs) You can't avoid the hurt. Like, I have never read In Another Life. Haikyuu fig. Okay, hot take. That fig is not as sad as people make it out to be. I don't want to read it. I read it way back when. I reread it when it got all blown up. But it's not even the saddest Bokuaka fig I've personally read. I don't read sad Bokuaka fig. But fics. did you... So, did you hear someone was trying to sell that fig as, like, a book to no. people? And then the... So, I've been following the original writer of it. Not for their writing, but... She's also an artist. So yeah, yeah. She, oh, she comes years. up on TikTok. Yes, well, she made the TikTok because, because of was, the issue. Yeah, someone was trying to steal the fic. She was like, hey, guys, like, I know you probably don't know me, but, like, I wrote that fic. Like, first of all, no, don't ask me any questions about it. I'm never going to write, like, anymore. Like, I've just moved on from this whole yeah. fandom. And then she was like, yeah, like, I'm just here to say, please don't steal my fic. Oh, my gosh. Like, don't sell it as a book. So... 
Yeah. The other day, I don't know why I was in such a... Not the other day. This was probably weeks ago. I just spiraled into Itadori <laughs> comforting Megumi when Megumi's like, I thought you were fucking dead. And it was... I don't think I was okay. <laughs> no. I've, I've ventured into that fanfiction page a couple of times, and every time it's always taxing. Yeah. Because <laughs> the amount of stuff you have to filter out, first of all... Oh. So much. Yeah. And then all the fix themselves are just the emotional Heroine. capacity of that manga itself. Yeah. Well, if anyone's looking for a fun time, um, find my AO3 account. The only things I have posted there were things for bad fanfiction running contests. Don't find my AO3 account. <laughs> um, I have an incomplete FMA OC fic. I've got a Noragami crack one shot. I've got a... What else did I do? Is that it? The only oh, well, then I started seriously writing fics that I never fit there. There was the, um, Stein... I, did, I was doing a Steinscape Fire Emblem Three Houses AU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I stopped that. If you want a fun time, find my fan fiction page. I will not tell you anything. Oh, I cleanse that. I do have my Ghost Hunt fix dance still up. It's, um... I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> and I don't want you to find it. Oh, that's the end of this episode. Okay, goodbye. Social media. Social media. Follow us. Instagram. TikTok. Twitter. Mostly Instagram and TikTok. Um, why a book podcast is indeed our username. Our email address is indeed why a book podcast at gmail.com. That is why a book, why a book podcast at gmail.com. One more time, Mary. Why a book podcast at gmail.com. Email us and I'll send you cat pics. Toe beans. Toe beans. Those are a hot commodity. Those are a Patreon exclusive. I will blur out the toe beans. <laughs> Censor the beans. Send them the beans, but with like <laughs> stars, like they're fucking Picture, nipples. Pictures of actual beans. <laughs> <laughs> we went two different ways with that. Um, okay, I hope you enjoyed this ride. <laughs> ah!